Hi, and welcome to You Love to See It, Fanbytes movie and TV podcast. I'm Merit Kay, and joining me as always are Danielle Riando and LB Hunk Tears. Boston. Wow. Oh, yeah, Boston. Boston. Mm-hmm. You're your home. Boston, my former home. Boston. Mm-hmm. We just saved the names of cities to announce our presence on this podcast. Um, <laughs> San Diego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's is that the how deal. You're feeling today is that like I'm you're feeling, feeling San Diego? Yeah, you yeah. know how like there's like those um those fridge magnets that are like how are you feeling today and it's like yeah. a whole bunch of different faces. I think they should just be like different cities and then you yes. sort of have to like interpret them. Like I'm kind of San Diego. Oh no, I'm I'm um uh Boise today. Yeah, I'm feeling Boise. One. I'm a little yeah. Boise. I'm not going to be I'm, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. Okay, so here's the deal guys. Last week I hate to remind you of last week, everyone. Yeah, but we did, okay. we did a Peter Jackson film called *Meet the Feebles*, and I think we all had a lot of uh, psychic <laughs> trauma from that. We we all <laughs> suffered a lot of frenzy damage, um, yeah. uh, a lot of toxic, um, just psychic bleed, all that stuff. Yeah, and then we were going to do *Heavenly Creatures* this week, which is another Peter Jackson film, which is I think generally. It's less polarizing for sure. It's I think it's more regarded as just like a, a solid art film about crime. Yes. Uh, here's the thing. That movie isn't streaming anywhere. Like um, I, it's one of those movies where it's like, because I don't know, I feel like I'm so spoiled now, right? By online yeah. where I just am like, like even like five or 10 years ago, it wasn't this way, but I'll just be like, oh, I want to watch this movie and be like, where is it? I'm just going to pay $4 on YouTube to rent right. it. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's not anywhere. Um, and we only discovered this last night. So we, uh, we changed horses in midstream and they say you're not supposed to, they say you're not supposed (laughs) to do that, but, um, famously in wag the dog, which is a movie we should do sometime. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, okay, well, what should we do? And I asked, I asked Elby and, and, they gave me the names of a couple of movies they had seen recently. And I was like, well, this one is available for streaming in the lazy way that I do it, where I just give YouTube $4. And uh, that movie is the Thomas crown affair, but not the 1999 Pierce Brosnan version, the 1968 version starring Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway in the Thomas crown affair. Let's start with the money. Well, I don't have it. Mm, what would you do if you did? We're in this together. You wanted it. You're going to get 10%. So you earn your keep. $2,600,000 in cash. Whose head are you after? Yours. Mine. Yours. <laughs> so that's what we're doing this week. Um, and that movie is a, a neo-noir heist film directed and produced by Norman Jewison. And... Uh, it's just a, a stylish kind of fun, kind of a romp, I would call it. Caper. Yeah. A caper. A caper. A, a romp implies more like <laughs> rom-com to me, I guess. Yeah. It's a caper for sure. They use the word a caper. A sexy caper. A sexy caper. Yeah. A sexy and sad caper. Aww. <laughs> yeah. With a haunting soundtrack. Um, so like a I circle in a spiral, <laughs> a never ending or beginning. I don't know the rest of it. Oh, that was, was really good. Though. Yes, well it, done, it sir. won. Um, it won best Merci. original song for the windmills of your mind by Michael Legrand. 
Uh, Incredible. So uh, he he else he wrote um, <clears throat> scores for a number of French New Wave films, uh, and uh, by uh, by Jacques Demy, and uh, this was his first Oscar. So good for him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer bad with for us. bad for the Academy Awards for not giving him an Oscar for uh, Le Parle Pluie de Cherbourg. Yeah, you fuckers. Yeah, no, they <laughs> fucked up. Um, uh, he got nominated. He got nominated for that and uh, the Young Girls of Rochefort, but he did not win an award until the Windmills of Your Mind, which is a really weird song. But it's so fucking it's weird. so weird. It's like an apple rotating in space. Um, okay, so what can you say about this movie just to like set it up? Um, what, what were because LB, you had seen this movie before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a few times. Right. Um, so when did you first encounter it? Oh gosh. Okay, so I think I watched it with my parents uh, when I was probably like a teenager, and it was probably on TV. Um, I'm like very boomery in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, and one of them is that me and my dad pretty much have the exact same definition of what cool is. Excellent. And it's this movie. <laughs> and it's like, Steve no, McQueen? The ultimate of cool is Steve McQueen. It's just like <laughs> a sunburned cool guy, guy <laughs> who steals shit and has a fast car. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Like this movie is like about how cool it is to be a rich heist guy. Like there's it's no so like, cool. <laughs> there's no um, sort of like modern like crime movie like um oh he gets his comeuppance or but no it's just it's fun and cool to be rich and do heists like and sexy and it's very sexy to be steve McQueen. and be good at every sport and have every kind of vehicle and just like be yeah. like the king yeah i know it cool rules things and fun it yeah, rules. yeah. <laughs> and like you like to gamble at golf just yeah. so you can lose money to your like schlubby <laughs> friends because you feel kind of bad for him because just because it's fun which is, like, exactly what Michael Jordan did all the time. Like, TBH. Like, did he watch yeah. this movie and then do that? That's an aside for me. Maybe <laughs> I'll funny, just write that It's down. funny that you mentioned Michael Jordan, because <laughs> uh, the other Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan yeah. is uh, going to be in a remake of this movie. Oh, produced hell by, yes. Produced by, though, the Russo brothers. So Okay, okay. Uh, you know, which is also funny because Rene Russo because Rene Russo was was the the, the Faye Dunaway uh, character in the 1999 yeah. remake. It's all just circles, and then Kevin it's Bacon wild. is here somewhere, somewhere. Circles, spirals, circles, and spirals, wheels, wheels, spirals, wheels. an apple rotating in space. Uh, so Incredible Danielle, you had, Danielle, you hadn't yeah. seen this until last night when we watched it, but you That's had seen correct. the 99 remake. Yes, many times. Uh, that The remake for me, it's funny that LB was talking about uh, watching it with their dad uh, and like having that definition of cool because that DVD from like the year 2000, like the year after it came out, has been in like heavy rotation at my parents' house. And like as a teenager, I watched that movie and I already thought that Pierce Brosnan was a hot man because he was, you know, James Bond in Goldeneye and a bunch of other far lesser uh, James Bond movies, but Goldeneye, I think, is actually really fun and holds up pretty well. So that was my kind of take on it. And this is actually a very different movie. And genuinely, I think they updated it in very smart ways because in the sequel, he's an art thief. Like it's all art thievery. It's not bank oh, robbing and, and that right. kind of thing. 
Um, and they do other like clever, cute things with like, for example, the ending and the ways, you know, the machinations of how everything happens. So it's actually like a pretty cool remake. I know a lot of remakes are bad. Like the charade remake is terrible. Uh, oh God. About, like, Wait, there's a, a charade remake. Feeling. There's a charade remake. Yeah. That's one of my favorite else. movies of all that's time. That's one of my favorite they movies. They called it something bad. Like the trouble with Charlie, I think is the no. name of it. That should yeah. be illegal. Okay. We have yeah. to do charade. Um, sometimes it's great because okay, it's in my top 10 movies. <laughs> yeah. It's great. What if I made a joke about you love to steal it um, uh-huh. earlier, oh, but like you love to steal it as a sub show. <laughs> have you love to see it? It's where we just, just like do about heists and crimes. Capers? Yeah. Capers. Oh my oh, God. I was, I Listen. love a good caper flick and this is a Me good too. caper flick. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a different kind of caper flick. It's, it's more serious than a movie like charade. Because sure. Steve McQueen has like a very different energy um, than uh, what's his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cary Grant. In that Cary movie. Grant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and this this also is like I. It's weird that the Wikipedia page says neo noir because it doesn't feel super noirish to me. Uh, even though it is obviously much more serious than like a comedy like Shreya, this just feels like while the stakes are very very high at all times. It always feels like a movie where everybody's kind of doing a fun dance and playing a fun game, if that makes sense. I mean, the stakes are kind of high. It's like a bank's money. So, like, it's all kind of abstract. And, like, he's already rich, so he doesn't need it. So, like, in a way, the stakes are high, but they're also just kind of, like, very, like, not, like, the the focus. They're not immediate. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, like most one of the most famous scenes in this movie is this like chess scene, right? Where oh my god. <laughs> where she, where uh, so the like basic setup here is um, Steve McQueen is this guy Thomas Crown who organizes uh, bank heists and he's like amazing at it, and uh, he gets different people who don't know each other and none of them see each other's faces and it's the perfect crime deal. And they're in Boston. Boston PD are a bunch of dipshits. They don't know what to do. But the bank's insurance company has kind of like a genius investigator. And the genius investigator is Faye Dunaway as what's her character's name? Vicky. Vicky. Um, And she's. And she's basically like the like. Okay, so you know in Hannibal how Will Graham mm-hmm. comes in uh-huh. and looks around and is like, I didn't know how to empathize with, like, fucked up weirdos. And so I can figure out how this murder happened. Vicky, like, shows up and is like, I am very sexy and cool. So I can understand <laughs> sexy and cool crimes. <laughs> and- <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, that's, that's, so there's a part, and it's like the most famous part of this movie is uh, Vicky and... Thomas are playing the sexy chess game at his house. And like, it's very famously parodied in, in Austin Powers. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I saw that scene, I was like, wait, is this where the Austin Powers thing comes from? Yeah. It's no, it's totally from Austin Powers. And it's like a lot, but yeah. the whole thing is them. They're, they're just playing fucking games. And like, he's, he likes stealing stuff. Cause it's fun. She likes catching thieves because it's fun. Right. And she gets a percentage. <laughs> and she gets a percentage, yeah. but like she with her skill set and like her intelligence, she could do like pretty much any job. Yep. Um but she the, but and they like and they the and they have this romance that's based on them like understanding each other because they're both kind of psycho, not in a murder <laughs> way, but in a like let's just have fun and fuck with people way. Yep. 
and like, oh, somebody who's on my level. So yeah, it's just like them playing games with each other in a yeah. sexy, fashionable, fast car thieving way. It's like fun, happy James screens. Bond without <laughs> any of like the death and murder. Like, <laughs> What struck me with this movie, like as a heist movie is that the heist happens like right at the beginning and you know who did it and you know how they did it. And also like the character who's like trying to catch him basically also knows that stuff. Like she immediately knows that it's him when she sees him because of her like, like pervert sense or whatever. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then he knows that she knows, but then they're both just like, Oh, but this is fun. So I'm going to like, keep like, you know, because if, if he weren't such like a crime pervert, he would just be like, fuck off. Like he would just leave so that she couldn't yeah. uh, track him down. Uh, but it's like, it's so interesting that like the, the heist is like a pretty small part of the movie. Um, and the rest is just like their weird game of cat and mouse. Some of the, uh, like secondary elements of the movie are, I think some of the most interesting things about it as well. Like, first of all, they have this incredible chemistry that makes everything work, whether it's like semi-plausible or not it doesn't matter because they're both so beautiful and so good at being around each other and, and so cool so, so okay. attracted to each other <laughs> okay yeah like 60s like noir and new wave movies made smoking look so fucking cool like <laughs> i'm sorry i like i get why they're not allowed to do it anymore because it's just like damn that looks cool as fuck i wish i could smoke um it's the best i miss it i quit smoking in 2009 and I still miss it yeah because it's the best we don't have to talk about it um sorry but no it's fine I'm I'm like I'm okay with talking about it they look so cool they do look very cool the outfits in this movie outfits she showed like every single look is amazing and the way it like amps up like she Mm -hmm. like her first outfit when she's just like oh maybe I misremembered how crazy her looks are like when she first showed up and I was watching it. And then like by the time they're meeting at the police station uh, and she's got this thing with all these buttons on it. I literally was, I was like jumping out of my seat and screaming. I don't know how I'm going to be able to see movies in theaters again. Um, right. Oh God. Because good, good call. I now react to movies like that. If something exciting happens. Yeah. Also, how good would this be to see in a movie theater though? Mm. Oh yes. Well, the split screens and shit all big. Yeah. Yeah, that was something I, I, I wanted to mention as well is oh, this yeah. movie has such incredible cinematography and editing and it's so much fun. And they dire- they directly lifted, I mean, this is just from the Wikipedia page, but they directly, uh, the director was like, saw some cool semi-experimental movies and thought, oh my God, split screen stuff looks really cool. And it's shot in such a way that, you know, for example, like the heist at the beginning and some of the sort of uh, coordination of the heist, like he's calling people from all over the world to like coordinate the heist. They're doing it in this like really fun split screen fashion, but they're also editing and doing these cute little editing tricks to like cross cut from one shot to another and like move one shot over as there's movement in the shot. They're doing all this really, really kind of fun stuff that kind of fits really well with that idea of like 60s and like mod looking stuff like the actual 
way the movie looks is actually mod in some sequences. And I thought that was so much fun. And just like, again, this movie might be a little bit style over substance in some ways, for sure. Um, I think it gets away with it because the style is so incredible and like actually like such a pleasure to watch. And also the performances are so good that it like, I don't even care. Like these two people could be brushing their teeth and they would do it so well that it would look (laughs) amazing. Right. Like it would actually be compelling. Um, But yeah, I just love that as like a editing pervert. I truly loved a lot of those little shots and those little touches. But I mean, that makes perfect sense for this movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Like, okay, if a movie that's style over substance that's about something else doesn't work, but yeah, yeah, it's editing perverts who, like, obviously this was edited by an editing pervert, and it's a movie about (laughs) crime perverts, and, like, who are being playful and having fun, and, like, just loving the craft of cat and mouse, and loving the craft of stealing, and loving the craft of being sexy rich people, so, like, the movie being so in love with the craft of being a movie is like makes perfect sense i feel like this Mm. like like there's this like the actual sexy sex things in this movie are a little like like the the chess scene is like a little much for me but like (laughs) yeah things like the editing and the costuming and the art direction and like we're just gonna have a dune buggy scene um (laughs) is like that is so much more erotic to me in terms of like just reveling in being in like existing and just loving. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time like placing this. They're just like the, this movie is so in love with being a movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in a way that is like very weirdly sexy to me. Yeah. <laughs> More so than like actual hot people doing hot people things. It's just so damn cool. And like, it's so that's, cool. That's part yeah. of it, right. He's like basically the guy who would later be, Oh, the most interesting man in the world. Right. Like <sighs> that's kind of the idea of him is like, Oh, he's just like the coolest guy in the world. And she is the smartest, coolest lady in the world. And they kind of belong together, even though they're crime perverts. And even though they're on the opposite sides of the dance floor, and you know, the like, tragedy right. and the tragedy that like, <laughs> yeah, neither of them is going to give it up. Right. And well, it's she's like, like it's like heat, right? It's yes. kind of like yes. heat yes. in that it's about the dynamic between these two people who are on like opposite sides of the law, like the crime mastermind and the crime solving mastermind. Yeah. Um, it's like heat if they fucked. Yep. And they should have, you know, I mean, they practically do, but <laughs> right. Yeah. They practically do indeed in so many ways. Uh, um, yeah, I want to about- shout out, sorry, oh, I want to shout out Hal Ashby, who is the editor yeah. on this film, which he did before he started directing. Um, he. Oh, shit. Was, Hal uh, Ashby. Hmm? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah he he oh did. Uh, he did Harold and Maude, uh, Shampoo, yep. uh, Coming Home, The Landlord, which I've been meaning to watch for a long time yeah, um, because The Landlord was uh, it was adopted by Bill Gunn. Um, yep. and yeah, he, he, his, the editing here is just like top notch. It's, it's really great. Um, and yeah, the, Danielle, the stuff that you mentioned, the, like the art films were from Expo 67, yeah. which were the, uh, the world's fair in, uh, Quebec in yeah. the sixties, which was like a, a really big deal. And, um. Yeah, uh, you mentioned. Um, oh, your sorry. culture, Merritt. 
of the culture. Oh, it's a, it's a part of our heritage. I'm sure there was like a, a heritage moment on Canadian TV about that. But uh, to bring it back to James Bond for just a second. Yeah. Apparently, Sean Connery was supposed to be the uh, Steve McQueen character. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery was supposed to be Thomas Crown. Uh, and he said no. And then he later regretted that. Uh, no, it was the right call, Sean. Yeah. No I offense, mean, but like. You couldn't have done you it. You couldn't have done it. No. You couldn't have done no. it. Uh, so, um, you know, eat it, Sean Connery. Yeah, honestly, you wouldn't have loved to see it you, if you Sean fucking, Connery was this like, character. <laughs> yeah. You, you oh. piece of shit. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Like. Very different. Steve McQueen owns this role. And what's wild to me, I didn't realize this until I read up a little bit on it, but Bullet was only a few months after this. Yeah, it was right after. Yeah, that was like my introduction to Steve McQueen's brand of cool, um, which I think he brings very kind of authentically to this role. Like there's there's not that much capital A acting happening for him. I don't feel like, I feel like he's just being the fucking coolest guy. And he, he just actually looks was cool, yeah. such a fucking cool guy that it's like, it just happens naturally. Like there, there's parts of this movie that just feel like, oh, this is just a natural thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. I just posted the car to the discord. Just so yeah, the car, it the car is beautiful. <laughs> like this there's not great. a ton of substance here, but that's basically okay. Because LB, like you were saying it, it, the form here really does fit like the subject. Uh, and, and I mean, it's a movie about uh, the main two characters, but there is like a, a pretty good supporting cast as well. Um, oh, yeah. Jack Weston is the, um, the, the guy who thinks he's Irwin Weaver. He's the, uh, the driver. Poor, the poor uh, Long Island guy. Yeah. Right, and it's not his. It's not his fault. He thinks no. They yeah, entrap really him. He definitely does kidnap his child. They yeah. kidnap his child. They <laughs> entrap him. But um, he was uh, he was you know he um, he was like a stage and screen actor, and yeah, uh, was was on uh, Perry Mason and a bunch of other shows in the fifties and sixties. And then Paul Burke plays Eddie, who is like the the Boston cop guy, yep. and uh, he played a he played cops throughout the 60s uh he was on naked city which was a police drama uh, that was kind of like semi-documentary so yeah there are these like you know just other people just sort of putting in the work there so that the two leads can really shine uh which is is cool um yafet koto makes a brief appearance at the beginning of the film uh he would later go on to play one of the crew members in alien uh, I got really excited about that last night when we were watching and I totally got his role wrong. I was just like, he's an alien. He's an alien. And like, I like forgot who he was an alien, which is stupid, but he was Parker in alien. He's um, Parker. And, like, Balahi Badejo awesome. is, is the alien. Yes. Yes. And I just was like, Oh my God, he's an alien and almost lost my mind. Apparently he was in talks to be in the role of Jean-Luc Picard in the next generation. And I also got very excited about that because what, a obviously a Sir Pat Stu is amazing in that role. But what a different and wonderful world the next generation would have been with Yafet Koto in that role. Oh, yeah. So just thinking about these alternate universes (laughs) that are all these weird connections from this. One other thing I just wanted to shout out uh, that was kind of interesting to me and kind of wild to me. How often, like, Steve McQueen's character here, uh, Tommy, Tommy Crown, how often he's, like, laughing to himself? (laughs) 
that's what happens like six times in this movie. He does like a like a super villain laugh. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a scene where he's just like thinking about how he's outsmarted the cops mm-hmm. and he's just like cackling in his room by himself. Um would you? He does it again, not I guess not while he's by himself, but by while he's like next to Vicky as he's like laughing at how he has been entrapped by her. He's just so fucking delighted by all of these machinations. And he talks about himself versus the system and like all this other stuff. And it's like upon examination, that's a little bit of bullshit. He's you can't like trust the system. Right. It's like, you're a successful <laughs> rich white bro. Like you, you are the system. You have a big friend. fancy office. Right. Like, big come office on, building. Dude. So, but yeah, when he takes the money, he just throws it on the ground, you know, yep. cause you can't yep. trust the system. Can't trust that system. You know, he's, it's like a very, you could see this movie just being about two supervillains and with like the slightest change in framing it, it would have been, right? Because like, okay, she does kidnap a child <laughs> at one point. Like there is like some supervillain energy going on here. It's just that this movie is so light and so fun and so breezy that you never kind of linger on any of the, you know, on any of the consequences of any action here. I I mean, it's it's like, it's great, though, that they're not perfect people. They're not like super good guys. They're not super bad guys. Like, she's incredibly ruthless and really likable. And also, like, she does fall in love with this dude. And she is about at at the end. She's she's ready to send him to prison. Yep. Like, that's the plan. She's going to arrest him and send him to prison and she's going to win. And that's like. Oh, and sh- and they are like it, it, and they do a very good job of convincing me that they're actually like in love. It's not just like a sexy thing. Like they have like a yeah. real connection here. Is this going to be like a would this be like a lasting relationship that would stand the test of time? Probably not. But like there's real feelings there, and she's fucking ready to send him to prison. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it's great, and it's like these are that's the kind of character I feel like we don't see a lot in. Um, in movies, especially like, and it's especially weird. Well, the sixties are such like a weird time for like female characters in film Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like the ideas of feminism haven't really taken off yet. Like they're not like in the popular imagination. So like everybody just has to be like really sexy and into love, but also, I don't know. She's like, yeah, she's romantic and sexy and glamorous and ruthless and mean and ready to kidnap a kid and likes fucking and falling in love and gets jealous and is also totally ready to send this guy to prison because that's her thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's almost like a quality of it that is, it has a little bit of like that screwball comedy quality yeah. like from the 40, 30s and 40s. And it's like a smart woman. Well, a smart woman is always ready with a quip and she is right. There's that amazing scene where she like, knows that the cop will be mad at her. So she, like, gives him his birthday present early and just, like, walks out. She's like, I I thought I'd give it to you now. You know, whatever. Like, she just has this sense of her that she's smarter than all these guys in the room, and she knows it, and she's always, like... I just feel like she's, like, ice skating while everybody else is stumbling around. She's just kind of, like, skating around these guys and doing this. And Thomas Crown is, like, the only guy who's, you know, quick enough to keep up with her, in a way. Like, the man who plays Polo... He still can't beat her at chess. (laughs) <laughs> right it's right like, yeah he's that's like, true let's stop true. playing and play a different game oh uh, <laughs> yeah i feel like i don't 
her character in this is like just really great to me. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fascinating to think about like the sixties as a period for like female characters versus like today, yeah. because I don't know, there's this kind of self-consciousness about like, Oh, if we make a female character today, she has to be like strong and like powerful and like, like um, basically do everything that like a man does in order to be likable or like, like cool or interesting. Yeah. Um, and this character has like some qualities that you could say like are masculine, but yeah. she's also like interesting in her own right. Um, like it's, it's equally as gripping a fantasy to be the Faye Dunaway character in this movie as it would be to be the Steve character, yes. which is, yeah, I think absolutely. a really impressive thing to do to like create that symmetry of like, Oh yeah. It's awesome to be like a cool high sky. And it's also awesome to be like a cool, like investigator lady. Who's like, uh, trying to outsmart this cool heist guy. Like both of those things would be fun as hell. Um, so that to me is like really impressive and kind of contrasts with like some modern filmmaking, especially by men who are trying to do like the strong female character thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, I mean, a lot of that's also just Faye Dunaway being, like, fucking incredible. Yeah. It is, yeah. But the writing's there, too, in the directing. And, like, yeah. I don't know. There are these choices where, like, you see her trying to be the cool girl. Yeah. The, like, cool girl of, like, a strong female character of a Today movie where she's, like, trying to not be jealous because of, like, and not be affected by, you know, by Tommy, like, hanging out with his other 50 million girlfriends. Or maybe <laughs> just one. It's just the one European girl. But... But, like, that's a very, like, it's a very recognizable I'm trying to be the cool girl moment. And, yeah. like, it doesn't work because she's a person. And, like, you can't you can't always be the cool girl. Sometimes you got to be the angry girl. Yeah. Even though you've got the the ultimate cool girl wardrobe and, like, every good <laughs> outfit. Yeah, sometimes you can't wear the armor, you know, of the cool girl outfit. <laughs> you got to be Her real. outfits, though. Like, there's that one thing where they're, they don't even show them out at whatever event they have, they go to where she's in a gown. They just have them like coming back at sunrise and she's in this gown in the street. And I'm just like, bitch, that gown. (laughs) I don't, I'm not a person who says like, who does the, I, yeah, I just go fucking nuts for, I go nuts for the costuming in this movie. I go nuts for her outfits in this. I think after I watched it, I just, my Instagram story was just. Like every hat she wore, and yep. I just wrote hat next to each one. Yep. <laughs> Increasingly like large fonts. Uh, uh, you have like a top three of the outfits. Hold on. Like of Keep the talking. I think my top one is uh, before they go to his place for the chess scene, uh-huh. they're at the police station, and um, they have the, the guy there who's going to, the driver guy who ends up ratting him out. Um, because they, when they're watching the two of them, they're, uh, Vicky and cop guy are watching Tommy and driver guy in the lobby, like to see if they recognize each other. And, um, and she comes out and she's in this little like suit thing, but it's got these buttons that go like up the neck and down the shoulder. And I like fully pogged at that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's my favorite. What's your top, what's your top look for this one? Oh God. I got to bring up a, 
I got also, like, maybe the uh, picks. the outfit she wears to watch him play polo is. Oh, it's really good. Also, yeah. Um, I, okay, I love I'm that. Basic. Like, I love the. Sorry, I just want to say, like, I love no, the no, setup with this movie where, like, she doesn't even pretend. Like, in, I feel like in another movie, she would like pretend to like be someone just like, you know, just oh no, I yeah, I, I am a photographer for Vogue or whatever. And it's like, well, whatever. Um. And in this one, she's like, no, I, I work for insurance. I'm investigating you. I knew, I know you did a crime and I'm going to prove it. And he's just like, oh yeah. Um, ugh, that's flirtation for them. Yeah. That's that so that is their flirtation. Yeah. Direction. It's like the opposite of flirting. It, flirting is supposed to be subtle, but for them, it's just stating the obvious. It's like Shakespeare flirting and it's great. It's like perfect. It's really, really good. Um, for my clue like my favorite outfit this is because i'm a basic little athleisure baby but i love their little hiking outfits where they like they're going outside and they're doing a little hike and then going to the dune buggy for the first time they both have like just the cutest little athleisure wear oh i would wear that all day every day i can't help it she looks so cute in it she can just she could rock anything and look great but but it just works so well so merit's um, favorite outfit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's like an obvious choice for me, like, but I mean, like all of them are incredible, but, um, I just wanted to say that, uh, Theodora Van Runkle was the costume designer for Faye Dunaway and she has 29 different costumes in oh, this amazing. movie. Yeah. Uh, and they had Fantastic. worked together before on Bonnie and Clyde. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and that movie kind of brought back thirties fashion in the sixties and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, okay, so, like, the, I think the, like, classic costume in this movie, like, the most obvious one is, uh, is in the chess scene, when, um, so she, like, she shows up at his house, and she's wearing this coat, um, with, like, these, the buttons all along the side, uh, that go up to the collar, and, like, the, the bell sleeves, and, like, it's very, like, it covers, like, all of her, and then she takes it off, and she's wearing this, like, chiffon like halter dress and that's completely backless down to the waist and it's just like like just wild like it's just completely wild um and uh yeah that i mean that combination those two i think is my favorite good call good call uh steve mcqueen also uh has some pretty great looks like when he's playing golf and he's got those the suede the suede chukka boots and he's got the the uh that sweater with like the it's not it's like a mock neck uh it's very good and then the sunglasses and like the uh the windbreaker a lot of a lot of great looks for him i'm also just a big fan of like his chain his gold chain necklace when he's like not wearing when mm-hmm. in one i think they have they're in like a they're in a sauna chat talking about like you know how uh-huh. to get him off how to get him to not go to prison <clears throat> or i think he also has some some like meals shirtless and he just has like a big, big chunky gold chain necklace on and i'm like that's that's king behavior oh yeah. also i feel like speaking of uh i wish i could be that i wish i could chunky be, like, <laughs> Um, speaking of chunky stuff, he has this, uh, this sweater when he's driving the dune buggy, the chunky knit Aaron sweater. That's, I wonder if, um, I know that's just like a kind of sweater that is just like that people wear, but 
um, I wonder if the one in uh, Knives Out that what's his name wears was inspired by that look because it's like pretty similar. Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. yeah. When everyone oh went God. fucking crazy about that sweater. Like this, <laughs> he's wearing basically the same sweater in this movie yeah. when he's driving the dune buggy everywhere. Another Massachusetts, you know, movie <laughs> about stylish crime things. LB. Oh my God. LB. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah, God. I just, so I posted to the, to the chat section of our, of our discussion, a uh, picture of Steve McQueen and Thomas Crown Affair in, uh, they, they have a couple picnics at like, um, uh, like an unbuilt beach house, um, and he is wearing an unbuttoned orange button down shirt. Uh, uh, I'm assuming these are swim trunks, maybe, but they just kind of they look, look like jorts. Like, there is like, a they kind of look denim, yeah. though. Yeah, those I are, think those they might, might be just jorts. be little itty bitty jorts. And he's got the open shirt and just like this big gold medallion necklace hanging between <laughs> his pecs. Uh, sunglasses like up on his head and he's smoking, leaning against a brick wall. And like, Nobody has anybody ever rocked a sunburn as well as Steve McQueen. Uh, no, mm, no, no, no. He's just like permanently kind of sunburned and just looks great. Yeah. Yeah. How? How, King? Honestly, he's Thomas Crown. Look, this is a look I want to do for like Halloween or something. And no one oh, will you get could, it and it'll be fine. It'll no, be but just fine. we'll get yeah. it. We'll and you'll you post will, it. And, exactly. and that's all and that all counts. the you love to see it fans will get it. And. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters really that's, to be honest matters. you Faye know Dunaway, where is she where are you Faye? is she still alive she's still alive yeah she'll get us. it she was <laughs> in a bit part in the uh the remake she was thomas crown's therapist <laughs> in the remake which i loved that was a great little moment so thomas crown in the remake goes to therapy yep I mean, it was so the nineties. It was the late nineties. Everyone was oh, okay. going to therapy. Yeah, therapy was that's the true. Thing. Yeah, remember in uh, like in Cruel Intentions, he goes to therapy. Oh my that's god, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, correct. The sixties was just before the therapy boom. I think. Yeah, yeah, that would have been like early seventies self help era, right? Basically, yeah, psychotherapy really I think blew up in the sixties and seventies. Um, oh, I and forgot then the, the auction. Look. And then in the nineties, every crime guy had to be in therapy in a movie because it was like, yep. well, what if a crime guy did therapy? <laughs> I don't know, guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> the Sopranos and Analyze This came out the same year. So Oh what my if a crime god. Guy did therapy? Hmm? Wow, you're right. Yeah. yeah. That was the nineties. What if a crime guy did therapy? That was it. Yep. Yeah. That should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> what if a crime guy did therapy? Oh god. Okay. So uh, this is not this is not exactly related to this, but I tried to go to school to be a therapist once, uh-huh. and it didn't uh-huh. work. This is one of the times I tried to go to college, and sure. uh, one of the moments where I realized like that school really wasn't for me was in like a psychology class I was taking, where the final was we had to write like a fan fiction. There was a fake therapy session of a character in like one of the movies that the professor had chosen. I was like, I, no. hate this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do a fake therapy session with a crime guy. <laughs> wow. What an assignment. What a fucking assignment. Wow. Wow. I don't blame I- you for leaving that school. Truly. Also, like, if you're doing an honest, like, if I was to do an honest fan fiction of like, 
I'm the therapist and this and like Steve McQueen Thomas Crown is my patient Mm -hmm. and we're together like he's not saying shit he's just gonna kind of giggle the whole time to himself and not talk about anything he's just he's just gonna drink and giggle that's it he's just gonna smoke a cigarette and look at me and like what are you gonna do and I'm like you're right I can't do shit (laughs) that's the whole final I'm gonna go back to school and submit that final and I can get credit for that class because I never did the final and I never got credit (laughs) fair I don't blame you but fair 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 wow Oh my god. Is there anything else we should we should talk about in terms of Tommy? Tommy Crown? Like I do think the auction scene's great. That's like one of the I think they meet first. They meet at, at the, the auction, yeah. yeah. They so they meet first at the auction and they're kind of trying to outbid each other on something. And they're just it's just I feel like we've seen sexy auction scenes. I've seen yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And it's just yeah, I guess it's, I just like this movie. I just like, I, I like, this is a, a, a like a true you love to see it. Like, I do love to see it. I love to see Faye Dunaway yeah. in this fucking hat and yep. her white gloves on. I think this may, was maybe a movie where I saw it and like went to a thrift store and bought white gloves. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can incorporate this into my life. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but like, I just want to, I just love looking at this shit. And it's got kind of this sad ending where he gives her uh like they plan a second bank heist together um and it's like very obvious that like it's an entrapment thing and but he also gives her the option to like hey you can come with me and be rich and we can be happy and maybe not again like i don't know how much how so much of their dynamic and like their chemistry and their relationship is based on the cat and mouse stuff that i don't know what a them not her not trying to put him in prison version of their relationship would look like but he does like give her the option and she doesn't take it and uh yeah and then he flies away and that's the end of the movie and it's like kind of sad yeah yeah i mean you think um like you think either she's gonna go with him or then you think they're gonna get him um but obviously he is too clever for that and he just sent like (laughs) a some dude to collect his his crime winnings and uh he's just on his plane and then the song plays again, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like an singing, apple though. turning in space is what this movie is. <laughs> Wait. So, who I just, did not, Michelle wanna, McGraw write the lyrics for this? No. Or did he get like, uh, an English speaker to do it? Uh, let me see. What's it called? Windmills of Your Mind. Windmills oh, yeah. of Your Mind. It was written, uh, the music was written by Michelle Legrand, and the English lyrics were written by Alan and Marilyn Bergman. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, it was sung by Noel Harrison in the film. Um, I want to just read some of the lyrics of the song. Maybe Please we'll just do. Like, close Please. on that because yeah. oh, I... Actually, I wonder if there's a genius annotation for this. Oh my god! Um, I'm not I'm not finding one. Um, but at the good news, the windmillsofyourmind.com is <laughs> the official Noel Harrison website. Uh, can I just have the lyrics, please? Is that too much to ask? Okay, round like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel never ending or beginning on a never ending reel 
like a snowball down a mountain or carnival balloon, like a carousel that's turning running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face. And the world is like an apple whirling silently in space, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind, like a tunnel that you follow to a tunnel of its own, down a hollow to a cavern where the sun has never shone, like a door that keeps revolving in a half-forgotten dream, or the ripples from a pebble someone tosses in a stream. And it just kind of goes on like that, so. It's very Dr. Seussy. It is, right? I mean, if you read anything like that, it's Dr. Seussy, but uh, yeah. Very odd. It does have genius annotations. Mostly by uh, one person named Pepe Knapp. Okay. uh, Who is just annotated like every single second of it. Amazing. And I can't read it all because there's so fucking much of it. But uh, it does have a couple not by him, such as Scottish Lady, who has annotated the and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space. And Scottish Lady says this is taking Newton's law of gravity and his alleged method of discovering it too far. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Equilateral base has just has just uh, popped in the definition of optical illusion as their... Mm. Okay, they say this whole song's about looking deep into your mind mm-hmm. through thought-provoking art and open your third eye to a world of possibilities. Take a look oh. at some of surreal art. Very yeah. thought-provoking and eye-opening. That's so true. Uh, that is like, so true. Yeah. Much like how the movie was, uh, you know, certainly its style and its editing and some of its uh, framing conventions were indeed uh, influenced by more experimental films. So... Yeah. It all, okay, it all Pepe around. just went fucking wild on this one. <laughs> uh huh. There's just finally the song subject is revealed. This is that the autumn leaves were turning to the color of her hair. Um, although arguably not its main motifs, summer has ultimately gone away, and with it the pr- pleasant warmth of summer. Walks on the beach and the company of a love. This is yeah. They're just they just. What? I don't know. They somebody just Pepe just like went wild on this genius page. I'm so glad. And really wrote something about every single line. You know, <laughs> well, it's good, good to have a you, hobby. Pepe. You know, some people yeah. rob yeah. banks. Some people annotate songs. Yeah, it's. I guess some of us podcast. You know, so that's yeah, less yeah. a hobby than a. Yeah, uh, that's actually a, our job. A, a job. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's like true. Thomas Crown's job is to be a business guy, but his hobby yes. is to rob banks and play polo. Yeah, and fly and play gliders. Polo. Yeah, and fly gliders and uh, go drive dune buggy. And I also just got to shout out his girlfriend, his European girlfriend, who just her. sits around while he glides around and doesn't get to go. <laughs> just gonna watch it. She just kind of helps him like, move the glider. Like, yeah, she just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. What a life, you know? Yeah. What a life. I am like, Mary, I saw you tweet that like, it used to be so much easier to do crimes and like, you're right. That's what I got from this movie was like, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So like, obviously, you know, technology helps coordinate crimes as well. And it opens up new kinds of crimes that you couldn't even do before. 
But like, think about how easy it used to be to do a crime. Like, just there's no like actually in the second heist there is a video camera but they just cover it um but like (laughs) prior to like you know video cameras being everywhere prior to like cell phones you could just do a fucking crime you could just do a bank heist and then be like well i guess i just made 20 million dollars cool heisting bank like now I feel like you can rob people or you can rob stuff. It's always like these vic- like scams. Like you're scamming a person. Right. You can't, like, robbing fun. a bank is so hard now. Yeah, they like have made it very crime. difficult. Right. They're insured. So now you can only do crimes that hurt people. It's just like in Heat when they're robbing the bank at the end and he's like, don't worry, folks. This bank is insured, so it's not your money that we're stealing. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And it's like, that's true. It's just the bank. Yeah. They're too big to fail. But now you can't rob banks anymore. Can't rob banks up. anymore. It's fucked up. Uh, and there's a movie That's coming out. That's the biggest problem of today's world. Called Chirk, I think. <laughs> I think that movie's huh. called Chirk. It's about how you it, can't rob banks anymore? It, it's called Cherry, but it... Did no one see that? The poster for Cherry? No. Oh, no, oh I, I did not. see that. I just forgot about it yeah. because I don't care. Because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that movie at all. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm sorry. Um, no, why are you feel, sorry? Um, that is actually like one of the because usually when I say I forgot about that because I don't care, uh, it's something I'm supposed to remember, and I'm saying something rude, uh, and then I realize like this doesn't matter. But usually no. it's like someone has told me something, and then I forgot about it because I don't care, and then it's I a movie where Spider Man robs a bank, and it's called Chirk. <laughs> Based on an okay, but Spider Man could rob a bank. He could, and he won't because he's a coward. <laughs> anyway, you think um, you think Spider Man's too much of a coward to rob a bank? Uh, sorry, Paul. Wow, Paul has what just posted a photo no, from the movie Chirk. A photo from the movie Chirk with with Tom, our boy Tom, holding oh boy. Uh, a a dollar bill up to a bank teller that he has written i have a gun with like a marker it's hard to on. read though and it does say i it does look like it says i hate a i yeah. hate a you gun. Have to like yeah. really squint to see the gun <laughs> yeah messages here mixed i hate a guy i hate a guy and it's like <laughs> it's like with this look like what are you trying to convey my friend it's it's fucked up it's just it's not spider-man you know? has fallen on rough times yeah, Spider-Man's having a bad day. His, he got fired from <laughs> delivering pizzas. And uh, I'm sorry, this bank. is like, this is what I'm all I'm getting from that image. Oh, yeah. Yep. Snowman. <sighs> yeah. Very snowman. You could have saved her. <laughs> Gave you all the clues. <laughs> I love your gremlin voice. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I can see when I see these things. Oh, well, I mean, the snowman face is very gremlin boys. It's very. Yeah. It's the police. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's very <sighs> cute, Danielle. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that you enjoyed, you both enjoyed this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a I mean, fun uh, last round substitution. Not the snowman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opposite vibes. But yes, it was a really, really fun very breezy movie. And I, as an editing pervert, I was like having a great time the whole time. Oh, good. Like I'm, we all know I'm not a pervert for as many of the things perhaps that, that everybody is here. And I feel bad. I feel bad being such a fucking normie all the time, but I, I think being an editing pervert, editing pervert. Yeah. That's pretty perverted. 
Yeah, it is. It really is. So I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy right now. <laughs> like I think it's more preferred than being a button pervert, which is what I am. For that sure, Shay sure. Dunaway okay. coat with all the buttons okay. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've all got we've all got our thing, and I think it's beautiful and it makes us a big, beautiful rainbow of humanity. You know, it's great. It's good. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We love to see it. We love to see it. Oh, shall we shall we do the outro? Yeah, do you want to uh, take us out? Had our style. Sure. I I'd be happy to. Uh thank you all so very much for watching. Uh not watching, excuse me, for listening uh with us. We hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey. Uh please do rate and re- review our podcast if you have a moment. It helps us so very 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 much if you do that little rate and review. Uh, it really, really, really does make a difference for us. And if you could tell a friend, perhaps tell a friend who's an editing pervert, or perhaps tell a friend who might enjoy a very stylish movie that's very fun to watch. You can, of course, listen to all of our shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, on Instagram at Fanbyte TikTok, on Fanbyte, and of course, on fanbyte.com. And you can watch our very good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so much to Paul Tamayo for producing this show. We appreciate you. We appreciate the work that you do. You can also join our Discord at fanbyte.casa. Uh, so, Merritt, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at Merritt K. And I'm streaming a lot lately, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, yeah. at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Fantastic. Gotta love those Merry Souls. I'm very excited for tonight's installment, in fact. It's gonna be really fun. LB, where can people find you online? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at HunkTears, and I am often uh, on the call asking dumb questions while Merit is streaming Dark Souls at uh, (laughs) twitch.tv. There are no dumb questions, (laughs) only dumb Bronnels. Exactly, exactly. Only Bronnel can claim such a thing. Thank you all so much. I am at Danielle R.I. if you feel like following me. And with that, you want to see it? You want to see it?